0: Everything all good? Everything's everything's a lot better now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was I think I know what the issue is. I'm in
1: college internet right now, so my internet services can be terrible. Yeah, sorry about that.
0: It's all good. No, I mean look, it's gonna be it'll, it'll be an interesting podcast if we don't get through to each other, but <laughs> it's not gonna be much <laughs> use for either of us, is it? <laughs> so let's but I mean we have got some material here. We could probably do a set if happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: maybe, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for having. It's really a pleasure.
0: Yeah, thank you for coming on. It's, I mean, it, thank you for deciding to spend like a couple of hours of your time, <laughs> the podcast. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's. I mean. As we were just saying before, like it, it's so, it's an interesting time to be in America at the moment, and challenging. Would you say?
1: Uh, definitely, uh, everything's been shut down. Uh, places are opening back up, but we're still not near as functional as it used to be. Uh, it's it's definitely weird.
0: And who do you support? <laughs> who's your party <laughs> who are you voting for uh, <laughs> oh
1: Biden uh, de- definitely Biden. Uh, I I can't quite explain how much I loathe Trump like I, I can't put it in words uh, so yeah that's I'm probably fraud- about who I am. It's, it's really not it's really not as secretive as uh I'm not as secretive as some other people I know.
0: <laughs> it's but when is the election as a whole? When's it's coming up soon, isn't it?
1: I believe it's November third. Uh, I did early voting earlier this week. Um, I think the actual election day is November third. Uh, so I guess I will find out then.
0: Mm. I mean, the the what the common thing that's said is that Trump didn't win the election. It was it was lost by Hillary, more or less. That's what people say.
1: I'd I'd say that's accurate.
0: Um, I mean, I mean, the first thing people said when Trump was voted, oh God, we're going to hear a lot of hacky Trump jokes. <laughs> The thing that I find quite interesting is, like, in different parts of the UK, there's different sort of humour, different sort of characteristics. I noticed when I was over in America th- three years ago, each state seemed to have its own personality and character, and it always sort of translated in slight variances in the comedy as well. and Like, you're 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 from the Atlantic comedy scene, is that right, Atlanta? Which companies?
1: Yeah. Ever.
0: So, this is all I know. So, you, you, did you say Denver or Atlanta?
1: Atlanta. I've never been outside of. Uh, I've never been outside of Georgia. So, this is all I know right now.
0: Okay. And what what did you notice being in sort of Atlanta? Like, are surrounding cities quite similar? in their humor to Atlanta itself, or is there a slight variance?
1: I think, uh, so from what I can gather, people take jokes about similar content. I don't know, here here at least, it's almost always drugs, sex, or politics. Those are the three big ones. Uh, Not to vary from that. And i think that's the case with a lot of places but i can't i can't verify that if that makes sense
0: okay. and what is your style of humor <laughs> Drug, sex and politics uh, you gotta <laughs> do what works. Yeah. What, and to someone that wants to visit the land to to scene or wants to know about how the land to comedy scene works what sort of advice and how would you describe the structure of like progressing and growing in the Atlantic? So what
1: you want to do is you want to go to literally every open mic possible. Um, there are lists on Facebook and uh, other websites on the internet of uh, open mics and which nights they're available. You want to go to every single one of them. You want to meet people and make sure that you trade Instagrams or social medias or whatever. Uh, it's all about who you know. Um, I'd also recommend this is kind of my thing uh, joining the Facebook group for your city's comedy. And
0: how does the sort of structure work? Does it go from like doing five spots, open spots, ten spots, twenty spots, then feature, and then your headliner doing forty-five minutes? Uh,
1: okay, that's what you meant. My bad. Um, so from what i can gather there are uh 15 to 30 minute spots but those are fewer more open mics uh, you you know the bucket spots and the list signups um i ever done i think 2 30 minute sets uh and those are going far between most most uh, gigs i can find are uh 5 minute sets uh, at bars and pubs and uh, uh Punchline. Punchline is a sign-up thing, but it's still a five-minute thing. Um, there are
0: five-minute
1: sets, so it's a pretty steep climb, uh, if that makes sense.
0: And w- steep climb. Oh, okay. So it's quite... What, what are the main clubs that you need to go to to impress? Like what are the big pro clubs? In in London you've got the Comedy Store and Top Secret. They're the big cheeses.
1: Uh so the big, big one, the big two I'd say are Punchline and uh Laughing Skull. Those are the two big ones that I'd say you want to save basketball middle and you gotta go out swing. Those are the places you really wanna hit hard. Um there are other smaller venues where you can test out your material, but those two big ones are where people tend to meet up.
0: Okay. Uh, and what, what, what is your sort of journey into comedy and like, how did you start? And like, I'm sure there's a funny story that led you into stand up. Not, not really. Uh, so it's.
1: I, I started doing improv in middle school, um, and I was encouraged by my uh, Spanish teacher at the time to continue doing that. Uh, I kept. i had been doing improv for five or six years or so, and then uh, I went to a uh, comedy night Tuesday nights at uh, Limerick. Minutes was it, uh, and I kept doing it. That's really the whole story. It's. Uh,
0: Not special at all but, you know. mm. but what made you were you all, were you like the funny guy in your group or what 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 experience has led you into like deciding that comedy' for you uh, what do you think's led you to it? I think a lot of, a lot of comics they say uh, you get bullied or you like you have some sort of tragic story or like your friends say you're the funny one or yeah, something's happened. That's that's. There's, there's, there's a reason for why a lot of us choose to do this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, so a lot of it stems from. I mean, I've I've suffered with depression, anxiety my entire life. Uh, that's a huge part of it. Uh, my dad was kind of. I, I I guess I can say abusive when I was a kid. That's a part of it. Uh. I don't know, anytime I can realtor from other people, uh I, I feel better, which is uh cheesy as hell, but I mean it's true. Uh those are the big ones. My all that tragic. Uh it's just I, I found something and, and it makes me feel better about myself, so I, I kept doing it, you know.
0: You basically um just just describe like like a job as a good sort of rent boy. Like, like you do comedy, but you make others happy. And if you've done a good job, it makes you feel good.
1: I, I really wish there was more to it. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's very uh, cliche, but I, uh, there, there's something about being successful. After a five-minute set, knowing that people enjoy your material—that just—it's a high like nothing else. Um, And for somebody like me who seeks validation from one all the time, every day, uh, that that uh, those stand-up routines are a quick way to get it, uh, and they're almost always consistent. That's another reason.
0: Hmm. And one thing I've—I all, mean, this is probably universal in every comedy scene. There's like unique stories that have happened. There's crazy things that have happened. And there's like, there's terrible experiences where we've learned something. And there's terrible experiences where we want to forget and never happened. (laughs) And One of the most, so one of the most intriguing instances for my stand-up comedy thing, and it was quite a number of years ago, some guy pissed into a beer can for his comedy set. And then he went and burnt a piece of paper whilst he was performing for no reason. And, you know, I, I had a couple, a, week, a week ago, I had two gigs where I bombed terribly. So, I mean, like, tell us a bit about some stories that you've learnt a lot in comedy and that, that I've taught you the most. And, like, what's been a hilarious, fucked up story that you never forget or use using, for using material? <laughs> so- there are
1: two that come to mind. Um, one of the guys still does it, so I'm not going to drop his name. Uh wouldn't have any material. He'd just scream, like really loudly. Uh, and ran. it was more of a rant, really, uh And he always, when, when we do do uh, competitions, he'd always get first place because it was funnier than anything anybody had written. Um, another one, uh, there was Roadkill Girl. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the joke, uh, but she said something about uh, standing on the road after dark to find roadkill, and we we all thought that was pretty weird. But when we tried to go up and talk to her afterwards, uh, that's her whole personality was altered ever, um, and that's that's a big one I remember, particularly because it creeps me out. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. a, those are the two. Those are the two big ones. The the Roadkill one is really, really depressing because i really trying, and it's...
0: But yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so the other guy, what, he doesn't do any material, he just shouts at something and it makes people laugh.
1: Basically.
0: Oh, so he's a very good uh, comic. He, he doesn't use a microphone.
1: Uh, the, the bar is yeah, yeah. I I don't know if he's a comic really, but he. I don't know why it's it's so funny. He's he's like a fifteen year old white guy, and he just fucking belts. So uh, he's, it's,
0: it, he's not the sort of person you expect to shout into the microphone. What is he's, he's the sort of person you expect us to give tea? Is it what's he? So what? How does yeah. his sort of persona and how he comes across differ uh
1: so we we, we don't really know him we've, we've tried to get to know him in the past my friends circle class and he always leaves before we get the chance but from, um, he looks like just uh, an old white guy like he'd be polite and like uh, ask you how your day was and then he gets up on stage and screams at you for uh four and a half minutes it's just it's i can't explain why it's funny because it it defies all logic but i don't know you just have to be there which is really not what you want to hear on a podcast but uh i don't know
0: okay that's cool whatever works for him eh (laughs) He's making people laugh and he's funny, so that's the main thing, isn't it? That's true. If you can make it work, anything is funny. But if you don't make it work, you're going to call 911 or something. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Uh, there have been a couple of times where we've been concerned uh, where Joe. Just- would stretch too far into reality without like a punchline or any like usually you can tell like there's a demeanor when somebody's kidding and there have been a couple of cases where we just can't tell and it's set off alarm bells but nothing like calling the police um there are a couple but they're very off color the
0: probably shouldn't be said
1: if that makes sense
0: so when you go through like you're processing comedy what? How did you? I mean, in stand-up, some of the friendships you build are probably the strongest you probably can ever have, and also in some. I want to ask you about how do you go about writing the material and developing it. So these are, so, yeah, just give us a brief overview of them, and tell us your story. Into them.
1: So everything I've ever done, uh, I've never done by myself. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain on that a little bit. Um, everybody knows that the funniest comedy stems from true stories. Uh, anything grounded in reality, that's that's, that's the funniest thing you can write. Um, and a lot of my writing uh, is when I'm with my closest friends who know me the best, because at that point it's completely unfiltered. Uh, you get a lot of bullshit. Uh, but every now and then, the, one of my friends will say something that's completely genius, and I'll just kind of take that uh, and then sense and I've been doing this long enough to where like I've got a pretty good grasp on how like what works and what doesn't, but that's the, the gist of it is we all get really drunk and then just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. I don't know how many other comics do that.
0: But. So, are you more of a performer than necessarily a writer?
1: Uh, I, I'd, I I would say I'm more of a writer because uh, I, I have no performance. Uh, exactly how I am now, I'm on uh, it's the same way I'm on stage. Um, it's just when I'm. Writing jokes is writing anything. I struggle with that personally. I, I have been published, I've done poetry and things like that, but other than that stand up I would be more of a performer, but anything else I'm definitely better at writing.
0: What but what is your sort of what's your what's your process for writing so you say that you just chat with your friends and you find something funny but then how do you sort of like expand on that do you have like a set routine like mark Wahlberg gets up at 3am in the morning and does all these other things what, what is your like routine to make a joke a real sort of piece of art
1: okay i guess i'm giving it all away um So a lot of a lot of uh, we're 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 partiers. That's kind of the crowd I come from. Um, and the the, the police. Uh, so there are three things people look for in a good story: uh, consequences, uh, getting arrested, or um, love. Those are the th- that everybody searches for. The common tendency of misdirection, um, things like that. And I'm trying to story is good, you can focus more on delivery. A good example of this is uh, John Mulaney uh, and his stand-up, you know, uh, on the, I believe it's titled on the album, The One Thing You Can't Replace. And that that story itself is not necessarily funny, but it's the way you phrase it. Uh, the way he phrases bit where he says uh, like a liar, and, and that's not a punchline. There's no there's no punchline in that, but it's the way he phrases it. Uh, they get, it's an instant reaction from the audience, so I guess it's. Might describe it. It would be similar to that. Uh, that's kind of what I shoot for. Um, it's really weird because I can't. It's it's difficult to describe my writing process because I, I just kind of do it like I every time I think of something even remotely humorous it goes in my phone in the notes tab, and uh, but it still seems to work. I don't know writing for me. There's not a there's not a set way to do it, and if you if I try to explain to you how I write, it wouldn't work for you necessarily, right? Um, every person has their own individual talents and strengths, and I think they need to focus on those rather than take what somebody else does. It can give you inspiration, but that's yes, inspiration yeah. is inspiration.
0: So are you someone that's not a big fan of copycats?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, I can't stand, and it's uh, I can't stand Amy Schumer's. Uh, I feel like that's the best way to describe it. Like <laughs> Amy uh, Schumer's. You know, for anybody who's interested, you know, um, like I, I don't, I don't say that. There's a huge misconception that people we we hate her because she steals other people's material, um, and that's that's something to say. To anybody listening, if you want to go into an open mic, write your own shit. Because if you steal something, we're gonna know it. Uh, and then we'll blacklist you from everything. So that's that's just something I'll put out there. Yeah, that's a huge pet peeve of
0: mine. <laughs> uh, what's what do you make of like a style thief? Like someone that tries to imitate another comic or another individual's persona, traits, behavior, and tries to become another person rather than be themselves.
1: I wouldn't say I hate that as much, but there's something, uh, I don't know. There's something to be said for forming your own personality, uh, your own delivery style that I, I think if you, if you do your own stuff, right. It's funnier than impersonating someone else. Uh, like you can get up on stage and do a Bill Burr impression, but that doesn't mean it's going to be good. Um, it can be a Bill Burr impression, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's funny, uh, be better off. Forming your own style. I know it's not it's not inherently evil stealing another person's material, but it's not creative either If that makes sense and we tend to recognize
0: it So what do you think of comedians who go you know what I mean, you know what I mean So In the UK we get some comics who are big fans of American comedians and they do this thing where they go, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Do you get that over in Uh, in Atlanta?
1: I personally have never run into that, but I I think I know what you're saying. Um, I mean there's something to be said for poking fun at a comedic tradition uh, or a comedic norm in, uh, in America. I don't know if you should focus your entire routine on that, you know, like maybe a gag once or twice. I've never experienced something like that personally. I don't remember, or at least nothing comes to mind where I've seen somebody do that. Um, I, I think I do understand where you're coming from, though, in that regard.
0: What, one thing that I've sort of found that's prevalent in all American in the three states that i the come in, in Chicago, New York, and L.A., it's that they all, nearly all of them, followed the stream of consciousness kind of stand-up comedy, as opposed to like set up, what's it called, one-liners or rule of three sort of thing. It, it was very sort of stream of consciousness based. And What do you think causes that sort of style to be prevalent in America? And what would you say are different variances you tend to come across of that style?
1: That's a good question. Um, so I don't know, there's something to be said for keeping it organic. Uh there's misdirection is also prevalent in uh consciousness. I, I don't know. There's I, I can't really differentiate between we because I've never read like examples of rules of threes and things like that. Uh everything here streaming consciousness, because I believe that's what works. Our attention spans are so short. Um, we don't want to devote too much time to a topic. Uh, the audience will lose interest rather quickly. Um, there's not, there's, I don't know, it's, it's very tricky to analyze. Um, so, yeah, God, I'm trying to put it in the words because I'm thinking something. uh I, I guess that the best way I can describe stream consciousness is um I don't know constantly changing um and and that really works with American audiences I don't know about all over the world but particularly in Georgia uh they all seem to follow that uh I was here and then I was there uh kind of really rapid fire uh style and it works for us because our attention spans are so short uh but yeah there's a I guess that's the big reason or uh yeah
0: how does a stream of consciousness sort of remain sharp and brittle? Because effectively what it is, is a stream of consciousness. you like, you get on a paper and you just write mm-hmm. boom, 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 How do you sort of compress that and make it appear natural and not appear like you're being a librarian on stage?
1: All about delivery. Um, and so I, I've i tried writing stream of consciousness before. Um, it's really what I have to do and make it a joke. Because otherwise, it's just nonsense. Um, And I realize that's not true human consciousness, but. uh, It's definitely interesting.
0: One question I wanna ask you, who are your comic heroes and what do you like about their styles individually?
1: I, I guess probably I don't the one who the one who inspired me to that was the first uh comedy album I listened to all the way through it was his uh the top part, which I believe was his first one. Um uh, there, there are a couple of reasons that one really got to me, uh particularly in similar life experiences with uh so- abuse uh things like that um kind of uh doing whatever you can to make people laugh that sort of desperation uh, that he talks about uh also in delivery styles um i don't know there's something about the way he says things uh and his persona kind of like a 30s radio announcer uh persona and it really works in his favor and i don't know when i was listening to that i could finally envisioned myself having something like that of my own. Um, other ones are uh, Bo Burnham. Um, Bo Burnham was a huge one. Uh, I'm that uh, at age. I was raised there, of course, because I'm only 20. Uh, but Bo Burnham was one of my biggest heroes when I was uh, eight and nine. Um, I started on YouTube, which I think was every kid's dream uh, with uh, the song, uh, my whole family thinks I'm gay, which I thought was, hilarious at nine, uh, and then and that gradually heavy subject matter. Um, his last special, Make Happy, was a direct criticism of, you know, seeking acceptance in the eyes of strangers uh, and why that's not necessarily a healthy thing to do. And I, I'd like to have those uh, relevant.
0: Uh, because
1: those are just fantastic. Uh, okay, but those, those are the big
0: two. So Bill Burn, Bo, Bo Burnham, and what's the other one? Missed it a bit. Uh, John Lee. John Lee. Okay, and who? How? How has? Um, with everything going on with the pandemic and all that, how would you say it's affected the whole Atlanta comedy scene? Like...
1: Most open mic places have shut down or they've stopped. Originally they were in restaurants and pubs, festivals. <laughs> Um, The only one I've been to in the last three months was uh, Joe Pettis and Friends' uh, pop-up show in the Highlands. And that was really interesting because they they had tried to social distance and there were only only six people there total that were not performers. Okay. Uh, And they'd switch out mics because of the pandemic. It, It was all, it was very weird. And I think that we're trying to do what we can to improvise and continue doing what we love but given the circumstances it's not necessarily wise if that makes sense I think we've recognised that and until things get better uh, we've kind of chosen to put it on hold
0: okay. uh, what, what has been the hardest thing about your journey into stand-up and developing as a comedian?
1: So there are two things. Um, learning not to take everything personally is a huge one. Um to bomb. If you ever do stand-up, you're gonna have one or two crowds, probably more than that, definitely more than that, where you guys just aren't vibing. Um, and you're gonna get heckled, uh, back. And at that point, it's important to recognize that it's it's not you, it's probably your material and that you can change it and do better next time. That's something great about stand-up is Okay. Another challenge for me was uh, getting up, and I'm attention, and that's uh, because I joined. Only about which is just working up. I, I guess the growing the balls to continue doing it. Um, when I was sixteen. In the first time I did Liman Junction uh, was a spur of the moment thing, and I don't think if i, did, if I had if I'd thought about that any harder than I did at the time, I wouldn't have done it. Um, it was just kind of, I guess, instinct, and it's something I have to continue to. I still get performance anxiety every time I do stand up. That's probably never going to go away. I do uh, calm down. and have a set of breathing exercises, uh, just mindfulness meditation exercises that I do to help out and calm my nerves uh, and it was a big challenge finding those combinations of, and, and you know what works for me
0: yeah okay and what is, has what is been the best thing about stand-up what has it given you that you can't take from anywhere else
1: so there's something to be said for validation, because I, I didn't get my, my parents uh, uh, pretty shit, <laughs> if, I, if I could say that. Uh, there's something to be said for validation. Uh, I don't know somebody telling you that you did a good job e- indirectly uh, is a thing. Uh, it's also given me pretty much uh, my, my best friend, um, or my, one of my best friends, uh, Spencer Vintage was uh, a comic that I met for comedy. Um, And he's, he's probably, he's probably my best friend today. Um, And there's something to be said, I know other comedians are great or becoming friends with other comedians is great because when you watch them perform, um, that's the real them. There's something about standup that's so vulnerable. uh, It's, it's easy to empathize with, if that makes sense. And it, it makes for some great friendships and I don't think I could get that anywhere else.
0: And how does the sort of, what do you feel of the, so if you do a new material night in in Atlanta, you do well and you keep doing well, how do you sort of go to a, what's what's the next level of clubs, next level up and what's the next level above that? So does it go five, 10, 15, 15 30 minutes? Is that, is that the...
1: Uh, basically, uh, uh, those are different because you have to schedule them. Uh, you can't just show up and do them. Uh, so if, if anybody listening were looking to do 15 or 30-minute sets in Atlanta, um, I would email ben at vortexcomedy.com. That's the big one. And then that will get you a, potentially, if they like your tape, that's a tape, uh, sort of an audition thing. Uh, if they like your tape, you'll get a 30 to 45-minute set at The Laughing Skull, which is a comedy club at the back of this restaurant called the vortex in midtown. Um, another one is punchline and that one's a little weird because when I did it, I didn't have an email. I went in and talked to the owners personally and then got them to give me a, a half hour, uh, which is what was one of the weirder things. Cause typically we communicate over email. It's not usual for us to go in person and say, Hey, I'd like to be here because it's just not, it, it's not a, it's not efficient. You can't go that many places in one night. Email was definitely the way to go. Um, yeah, if you were looking to if you'd have done well at open mics and were looking to increase the time slot, I email I'd go to the i go to punchline and talk to the owners and I'd email Ben at vortexcomedy.com. Uh there's the big two. And in terms of sort
0: of networking in the atlanta scene because there's a lot of that in london um like there's certain places before the the pandemic hit where a lot of comedians hang out uh, what is the sort of main place that comedians in atlanta like to hang out
1: so there are there are two that come to mind um one of which is Liberty junction which is the first place i ever performed at Limerick Junction is really interesting because it's not nearly as rigid as uh, stand-up clubs. It's, it's one of those places where like anything goes, typically in Atlanta, or at least in uh, the city, uh, uh, you say everything is very strict. Um, With Limerick Junction, the the great thing about it is that everything is better performed. Uh, our comics and comics are in the audience every night. Um, one of my, my good friends, Sam I, I'm a comic, Rick Johnson, and he's now pretty big. Um, another one I met is uh, Zach W, and I, I can't for the life of me remember his last name. Uh, sorry, Zach. He's a big one in Atlanta. He's performed forty-five minutes since at Laughing Skull. Um, this is his career. And I also met him at uh, Limerick Junction. Uh, another one I'd recommend are pretty much any smaller spot you find in Atlanta, there are going to be comics there um, because they're all looking for a place to test out their material. And the best place to do that is often in front of other comics. Uh, it's the best way to receive valid criticism. Uh, and I met her at Noni's, uh, Noni's Bar and Grill, which is another five-minute stand-up spot. Uh, Zach W and I have met a few times there. Um, it, pretty much those two places are the main hangouts, I'd say.
0: The, the names are? What are the names of them? Mine?
1: Uh, sorry, so Brick Junction no, in Virginia Highlands. Okay. And Noni's Bar and Grill. And uh, also in Virginia Highlands, I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And the two other sort of questions I'd like to ask you are, or three other questions. What advice would you give to someone looking to do stand up in Atlanta? And number two, what advice would you give to younger self? And what is a quote that you'd like to live the rest of your life by?
1: So the biggest advice I'd give to someone looking to get into stands is Honestly, you, you, you just you, you don't think about it too hard. Um, people tend to have short memory spans. Uh, it, it really, the, the main three are write your own material, uh, workshop it with people before you perform. Uh, so test audiences. I always go to family and friends. I even got uh, the habit of DM, uh, which is something I continue to do to get, uh, you know, unapologetic responses to any of, them, any of my writing. Uh that's been a huge help to me because I, either I'll get a like and a comment or I'll get a go you know, kill yourself uh, response I, either or is great. Um, yeah, write your own material, try to test it as much as possible and uh, keep doing open mics, do as many as possible every night of the week. Um, there are lists all over the internet uh, there, I found one on a uh, Tumblr uh when okay. i first started and that gave me a list of current open mic uh nights what time they're up. um if i could give one piece of advice to myself it would be um also don't think about it too hard i think i spent a lot of time analyzing and criticizing myself even though i did a pretty decent job for someone who was new at it at least when i was 16 um yeah don't don't take it too hard that, that's a one uh For a quote, um, there's one by George Carlin that's always stuck with me. Uh, And uh, it was, I think it's the community and define the line where the line is drawn and deliberately cross it.
0: Uh,
1: And I I try to think about that whenever I write uh, there's something to be said about being able to rationalize uh, uh, smoking crack or something like that. If you're able to rationalize that and get the audience to empathize with you, that works really well and I think that that quote was the first time I never wrote about it from that angle
0: Uh, well I just want to say do you have anything that you would like to plug Uh, I
1: guess my Instagram um, in castle uh, it's the underscore real underscore you you get it Uh, and I'm the pasty white guy, uh, in the profile picture. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel that I'm trying to actually get up and it's just Jason Castle comedy. Um, it, it should be pretty obvious. Uh, cause I'm, I'm also the pasty white guy in all the videos. Uh, so yeah, those are the main two. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Okay. Well, I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast and like send me all the links and all that so I can advertise it and yeah, best of luck with everything. Take care. Perfect. Uh,
1: I was, I was curious, um, when will I be able to listen to this or do you know the release date
0: yet or? Uh, I'm not sure cause there's going to be a bit of editing that I'll need to do cause there's been lots of stopping and dinging between that and that's made it a bit harder. Um, so I've got a backlog of four or five already. There's, there's quite a few. I'm not too sure if I'll be honest with you, but I'm thinking probably maybe sort of late November.
1: That's perfect. No, I, I was just curious. Uh
0: but yeah. And please let know, me know. If you know already
1: need to come on again, you know, or any help with anything, just shoot me Yeah, no, I've told all my friends and my family members that
0: I'm coming on.
1: I'll I'll definitely plug into my Insta. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you.
0: Well, yeah, and and bloody hope this virus goes soon and just like, yeah, hopefully I'll see you soon and take care.
1: (laughs) Yeah, hopefully we all don't die. (laughs) All right, have a good night, man. Hopefully,
0: Hopefully. (laughs) Except the people I hate. No, I'm joking.